Welcome back to this week's episode of BC Buckets Podcast. I am Bobby Beach Patterson, and as always, joined by head men's basketball coach at Briarcliff University, Coach Marks Figuera. And Coach, I kind of wanted to start this off. Only one game here this last week, but if we can kind of continue to to go the way we've been doing it, making these podcasts every Sunday uh, an enjoyable talk uh, day in day out, everything. Just tell the guys to keep that uh, keep that up because that would be ideal. Yeah, you got it. I will relay your message, Bobby. And I tell you what, it's uh, you know sometimes the buys you have in the conference schedule. Obviously, we don't have control over them. And, you know, sometimes you wish it was at a different time. Sometimes you get to one and you're like, oh, you know, I wish we had a game today or, or vice versa. Um, this one actually came at a good time, you know, because obviously we've been playing pretty well and you want to keep that going. But at the same time, it's kind of if you look at January, February, we're kind of right in the midpoint of that segment of the schedule. And from just uh, being able to physically refresh standpoint, I think it was at a really good time for us. Um, you know, we were able to give the guys a weekend off to just kind of get away from basketball, rest their legs, rest their bodies. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, when I, I sat in my basement yesterday and I had I had four games going at once, other GPAC games, it's kind of fun to watch everybody else sweat it out with uh, no worries about our own game for a couple hours at least. But, uh, yeah, we, you know, we've been playing well. We're going to try to keep it rolling. And, you know, it's it's an everyday process, and that's – I think that's been the most rewarding thing for me is seeing our guys really take hold of that and buy into that and, you know, practice well and focused and prepared every day. And that's, it makes a big difference. It really does. And you talked about physically just kind of getting away when you do have uh, those bye games and might not play on a certain day, but what does it kind of do mentally for the guys in a sense to just kind of get a little refresher and uh, go away mentally? I mean, obviously the physical side of it's huge when we go down the stretch here, getting in the mid to late January and February, and then hopefully here in the month of March, but what was it do for the guys here mentally, so to speak? Well, I, I think you said it. It just it's it's kind of refreshing. It gets you away from it. There's no, you know, there's no pressure on you know a Saturday morning getting ready for a game, and I I think that's good. Um, you know, we we have a very mature group that I you know I don't really have to worry about making good decisions off the floor. Um, and, and I think the biggest thing is they're they're worried about the right stuff, and and the right stuff is worried about us. You know, you could sit here and say, well, hey, you know, look at the standings. What if this team beat this team? And at the end of the day, as much as that could be true, it doesn't matter. And it's completely out of our control. The only thing we control is our focus, our intensity, our preparation every single day. And so if you're, if you're so caught up in other stuff, you're taken away from what you do control. And so I think just, just getting away from it's good. And, you know, my hope and, and all that would be that tomorrow we come back, we're refreshed a little bit, and we go at it ready to work and, and get ready for Midland and, and ultimately later in the week get ready for Dakota Wesleyan because, you know, every game this time of year is enormous. Every game's big in terms of, you know, where you're at in the conference. And, you know, but also we've been, like I said, we've been playing well. We want to continue that, and that's, that's a big deal. Yeah, so just the one game here this last Wednesday uh, at the Newman Flanagan Center. We touched on it last week in the in the podcast here, Coach. 
anytime you get uh, Northwestern, that rivalry coming to the Newman Flanagan Center, the crowd's going to be great. The Flanagan Center is going to be rocking. And that was pretty um, evident here last Wednesday. And I want to talk about the game and dive into it now. So, I mean, you talk about a great atmosphere, a great crowd. Guys responded right away and right from the tip. I mean, you could just tell there was just uh, an extra step, it seemed, to the, the top seven guys on the floor that were coming in just was able to build a really nice stretch there and played some really good 20 minutes of basketball to start the game. And you, you look at halftime and, and you look up and, holy smokes, it's it's a 17-point basketball game against a really good Northwestern team. So how how happy were you about, about the quick start from the guys and how you were able to sustain that through that first 20 minutes? Well, obviously, I was, I was really happy about that. I think uh, – I don't know if it was our best half of basketball of the year. Um, we've had a couple pretty good ones, but it, we, we played a great first half. And, you know, we, were, we obviously shot the ball well, and that always makes things look better. Um, but I was really, really happy with our defensive energy and our defensive execution. We were able to force some turnovers, which was something we really wanted to do. Uh, we were able to force some tough shots, which we wanted to do. And, and some of those – you know, they made, you know, Trent Hillbrands for Northwestern made some tough shots. He's a good player. He can really score the basketball. And he made a couple tough shots where, you know, at one point, you know, Quinn VC was guarding him. And I, I told him, keep doing what you're doing. I'm going to yell at you if you get scored on anyway. So just keep making it tough on him. But, uh, you know, I, I thought we did a great job. And, you know, you build that lead. It's always a challenge to, to come back out in the second half and play with that same intensity. And, and I don't think we lacked intensity or anything in the second half. I think Northwestern's a really good team, and they made a couple of runs at us. Um, you know, and like I said last week, they have two of the elite players in our league, and, and they both made some buckets. Um, but, man, you know, we had to take a couple punches from them, but we really withstood. We made some huge shots. You know, if we're being real honest, we made a couple not-so-great shots. You know, we, we, we made a couple heat-check threes. I know VC and Groves both had a heat-check three, but they came at huge moments. You know, there was one I think Northwestern had, had cut it to six, and we, we bumped it back up to nine. And then another one, it was down around 10 or 11, and we made a huge three at the shot clock. And so, yeah, it was a great atmosphere. It was, you know, first game back since school started. So first game we've had a student section in well over a month. Uh, they were awesome as usual. And, you know, that's – you come to Briarcliff to play those types of games. You know, you, the rivalry game, both teams are good. Both teams are high up in the standings, and, you know, that's exactly what you want from your team. Yeah, and we talked about it last week, too, just gearing up and, and previewing Northwestern. And, and you look at a Northwestern team, and you got guys like Hillbrands and Ben Callsbeek, just because those are the two guys that are going to get all of their attention on the scouting report. But one of your big things, too, is, hey, those two are going to get their shots, and they're good enough players in this league, and they've played each other enough and, and other teams that they know tendencies. And, I mean, they're going to score. They're going to get their looks. But the big thing to playing a team such as that in Northwestern is that how do you contain the other guys on the floor, the other three guys? And when you look at it, I, I thought defensively for those other three guys they had on the floor, whether it was the other three starters or a few bench guys that they had come on, uh, the floor. I thought you guys did a really good job of containing those other three guys and really making it difficult on them specifically to kind of get a feel and get in the rhythm in, in the game. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And, you know, it's, it's, it's easy when, you know, you look at those two guys in, in Van Callsbeek and Hellbrands, they combined to average like 42 points a game. 
um, which, I mean, I, I don't even know. It's got to be the, the highest one-two punch in the league. And it's pretty easy to get caught up watching them, you know, when you're guarding somebody else and all of a sudden you're giving up a layup or you're giving up an open three. But I thought our guys were really dialed in. And I, I think one of the biggest ways we've matured as a team throughout this season is, is our game plan execution. You know, we, we obviously have our base defense, our base offense, but within every game there might be subtle adjustments here or there that you, that you have to put into play. And I think our guys have done a really good job of, of handling that. You know, like we might cover a ball screen one way, but on a certain player we might do something else. And it's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to, to put it into action and practice. And it's a heck of a lot another thing to go do it in a game. And that's where I think our guys have done a really good job um, we were not there early in the year. We struggled with that at times early in the year. And, you know, that's credit to our guys for, for growing and, and staying focused and, and sticking with it because that's something you have to do. Um, and every night it might be a little bit different. So that's, that's a credit to the guys, honestly. And then just on, touching on a couple individual performances, obviously Quinn VC finished with 22, had a really nice game. And then uh, the one guy that really stood out to me just because it seemed that at different phases of the game on both sides of the floor, I mean, Jaden Klein has like, yeah, finished with 21 points, but I mean, he had six rebounds and a couple of those were kind of some big boy rebounds getting them at times when, Hey, the big guys are doing all they can to kind of get Van Callsbeek out of there. We need a guard to kind of dive in and, and clean it up. And I thought he did that a few times. So, I mean, that's always gotta be nice when you you're playing a rivalry game like that um, at home and you can have that senior leadership from a guy who's, who's been through just about everything in his four years at Briarcliff has a lot of experience to kind of rely on him in those crunch moments and say, Hey, balls in your hands. Let's go win the game. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you what, Jaden's really been pretty steady Eddie for us um, this whole season. You know, he had a couple, couple not great games real early on, but really since we've got into conference play, he's been really good. He's been really steady. Um, and you know, a game like Tuesday, He's obviously capable of getting, I think he had 21 or 22. You know, he's capable of getting 30. And when he gets it going, he's, he's really, really good. And, you know, he just – he's going to do whatever it takes. And, you know, he's always been a great rebounder. A couple of those, you, you, I think you called them big boy rebounds. And, I mean, that's, that's just what he does. That's what you want out of a senior leader. Um, Jaden's been a tough kid since the day he stepped on campus here. And, you know, he's only gotten – better and better and better as a player where now, I mean, I, he, in my opinion, I mean, he's one of the elite guards in the league at this point as a senior. And that's, you know, he, he's a self-made player, but you know, Jade, Jaden doesn't miss a day in the gym. He gets shots up on his own. He works on things on his own. He asked me, you know, coach, what can I do better? What are I, you know, what, what, what do you see here? What about this? And, you know, that, that's what you want as a senior leader. And, you know, he's, I can't say enough good things about, about Jade, not just this year, but honestly the whole four years he's been here at this point. Yeah, and the last thing I wanted to touch up from that game on an individual performance is you look at the, the box score and Quinn VC was finished with 22 as the highest score individually for the Chargers here. What a, what a mental, mentally tough kid he was. I mean, you, you think on it last Saturday – um, I had the privilege of watching the Dork game. He didn't have uh, the best game or maybe the game that he wanted to struggle a little bit, kind of got some early foul trouble, some ticky-tack fouls that didn't go his way. Um, didn't score a whole lot, had a few good plays there towards the end of the game to help us win. 
but having that bounce back from that Saturday to Wednesday and, and showing off like he did there on Wednesday, I mean, you talk about some mental toughness and yeah, that was definitely on display there on Wednesday as well. I thought. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, just like Jaden Quinn's a tough kid. Um, he, he's a confident player. And I think that really drives him. And when he makes a couple shots early, which he, I mean, he made two threes, the first two possessions, um, he's capable of, you know, last year he had a, about a three game span where he, I think he scored 31, 28, 25 or something like that. And, you know, again, I'll just go back to the balance of our team. He got it going that night. Guys found him. Um, we kept feeding him and that that's just what we do. And, you know, him and Jaden kind of had it going and, and Wednesday night, it could be two different guys. And, we're going to, we're going to ride those guys, but, but Quinn's a tough kid. He, he draws the, the other team's best guard generally from a defensive standpoint. Um, you know, he can play dang near any position for us. You know, Quinn was pretty much a point guard in high school. We played him off the ball most of the time here. Um, but he's, he's tough. He's a good defender. He makes a lot of defensive plays that, you know, if you're just a casual fan, you know, you might see the steals, but you don't see the little things he does defensively. Um, but he, he really gets us going. He's, he's a high, high energy guy. You know, every, every start of practice, he's bringing the energy. And, you know, to see him play well, obviously, is, is always fun. Because I think that does get other guys going, too. So going back to Wednesday, uh, only game of the week, uh, Chargers came out with a really nice 81-69 win at home in the final against center against Northwestern. <clears throat> Coach, now we look to this week, uh, two games Wednesday and Saturday now going back to that regular schedule. And we look at Wednesday, going down to Fremont, playing a Midland team who back early in December uh, in overtime beat us by 11. So you look at a Midland team, they had our number early in the year. We've talked on this podcast a lot about how maybe similar uh, both teams are, the close games we've had here in the past. Uh, what's it going to take for us to go down uh, on Wednesday night and get another big GPAC road win? Well, I'm going to get to that, but real quick, I got to go back to something of that Northwestern game. Um, and, and it's, it's a box score thing, but you know, our, our two starting bigs, Kyle Borhave and Quentin Vasa combined for, I think seven points, which is well below what they would average to give us on the year. But those two guys played a great game, you know, whether it was moving the ball offensively, Obviously, those two guys had to guard Van Colsbeek, who's the leading or second leading scorer in the league, and that's a, that's a, a load to deal with. Um, they did a great job. I thought they made things tough. And so, you know, again, you look at that box score and you'd say, well, you know, Q didn't score a point. Well, Q played a heck of a game. And, you know, Kyle scored half his season average. Kyle played a heck of a game. And so you got to give credit to those guys because sometimes the, the big games don't show up in – you know, points scored or rebounds had or anything like that. But moving forward, going to Midland, yeah, you know, I, that first game, we uh, we were down 14 and a half. Um, I thought we, uh, thought we had some really bad defensive mistakes in the first half of that game that led to some really good looks from three. Midland can really shoot the ball. I don't know if this is accurate now, but I know as of a week ago, they were leading the country in three-pointers attempted. Um, they shoot a ton of threes. They shoot it well. They have multiple guys who can shoot it. Um, and the second you get really worried about that, they got a lot of guys that can drive it right by you. They put a lot of pressure on your defense. They get you spread out. They get you moving. Um, and, you know, 
they, they got that big lead on us. We fought back in the second half, played a really good second half, especially defensively, uh, to force overtime. And then they just, you know, they made some plays in overtime and we didn't, you know, and they ended up it, 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 for an overtime game. You know, you look at it, it's like overtime, 11 points, holy cow. Yeah, and that, that's what it was. I mean, they, they just kind of whooped us in overtime. Um, and so, you know, they've got a nice team. They've, they've struggled a little bit here recently, but they've got a nice team, a lot of guys who can score it. Um, and so I think, I think it starts with, with our defensive just execution and, and focus, making sure we're in the right positions. We're trying to make things tough on them. We're not giving up easy threes because we have a miscommunication and don't switch correctly. Or, you know, you're, you're sleeping off the ball and all of a sudden Bo Sanquist is hitting a 27-footer on you because you're not paying attention. you you got to take away the really easy looks, especially early. Um, and then offensively, you know, it just – for us, it's it's going to be the same pretty much every game. We're, we're at our best when we're moving the ball, when multiple guys are touching the ball within a possession, and when we're playing with a great pace. And that doesn't mean we're just going to jack up a shot six seconds into the possession. It means our offensive movement is at a high pace, and I think that keeps a lot of pressure on a defense as well. You know, I talk about Midland putting pressure on your defense because of their spacing and their shooting. We want to put pressure on the defense because of our movement, um, but also because of our spacing and shooting as well. And so our guys have been really tough on the road. Um, and that's just because we've had some road wins doesn't guarantee anything the next time out. And I think our guys have done a really good job of, of having that mentality that every game you have to have 100% focus, intensity, execution, and, you know, that's gotten us to where we are, and that needs to continue to, to push us forward um, as we move into, you know, you look at it kind of crazy. It's January 23rd right now. Um, you know, next week we're going to be talking about getting into February, and, and that's – I still think even now there's teams that are going to get a little bit better. There's teams that are going to stay the same, and there's, there's teams that are going to get a little bit worse. And – Obviously, we want to be in that first category of teams that continue to get better. Um, but, you know, it's – and I, I think it's human nature. It's going to be easy to, to, to be focused because Midland did beat us the first time. Whereas the flip side, and we talked last week about human nature, when you win the first time, I think it's easy to let yourself relax a little bit and think we can just go do exactly what we did last time and win. It doesn't work that way. Um, and even even coming off a loss to Midland last time we played them, you know, there's some things we did well that worked. There's no guarantee that's going to work again. And it, it's a new game. Um, obviously, we're on the road, not home. And so you, you just have to be as prepared and, and focused as you can be going into that. Yeah, and that one on Wednesday down in Fremont at Midland. That women's game will tip off at 6 with the men's game to follow at 745. And then Coach – you look ahead after that on Saturday, back in the Newman Flanagan Center, uh, hosting a Dakota Westlane team, team who uh, last time we played them, I mean, that Princeton offense, the split actions gave them a little bit of uh, uh, some fits. Uh, but Dakota Westlane, strong, athletic, physical uh, team here, uh, caused some matchup problems here a little bit, so to speak. So kind of talk about Saturday and what that Dakota Westlane game will look like. Yeah, you know, we – there, there's always some weird scheduling things in the GPAC where, you know, it feels like we just played them. And it, I know it's been a few weeks now, but it, it, it's a pretty close turnaround. Whereas Midland, we're talking five, six weeks. and a couple of weeks, we're going to talk about Concordia. It's going to be a three-month difference between playing them. And so, 
you know, it's still pretty fresh in, in my mind at least. And, and what I probably remember more than anything is four possessions in, we were down 10 to zero, um, you know, but yeah, they're, they're very different than us. They want to play at a slower pace. They're big, they're physical. They're going to pound it and they're going to pound it inside. Um, they're really good defensively. And so, you know, you have to be efficient. You can't take bad shots. You can't have reckless turnovers against a team like Dakota Wesleyan because you get down on them, you know, Coach Wilber's going to run a – he's going to slow them up and run a set every single possession um, and, and try, to, try to put a lot of pressure on your defense. And so I think uh, in a game where we're across the board, we're outsized at, at maybe not every position but dang near – so you got to play with a lot of toughness. You got to be physical. You got to win the the fifty fifty rebounds, the the loose ball rebounds, and that. Um, but you know, frankly, we won't spend a lot of time on that till after Wednesday's game. I just have a lot of this fresh in my mind, and and, and on top of it, I think Dakota Wesleyan has been playing really well. Um, you know, they went down, they won big at Hastings, uh, beat Midland last week. You know, lost a tough one at Doan, but um, I think they're playing well. Um, they're back at full strength and. You know, it's going to be a battle for sure. In that game Saturday against Dakota Wesleyan, like I said, at the Newman Flanagan Center, women's game will tip off at two, uh, men's game at 345. So big week this week once again uh, for both the men's and women's team at Midland here on Wednesday and then at home Saturday against Dakota Wesleyan. So another big week here uh, for both teams to see uh, where it ends up uh, the rest of the way here going forward in GPAC standings as we get – uh, into the heart of the GPAC play. So, well, and now a really special guest that's going to join us here. And I know, Coach, you kind of wanted to say a, a little bit about who we got joining us here uh, very shortly. Yeah, I'm excited to have uh, Coach Oliver Drake join us. He's the head coach down at Midland. Um, and I think this is his seventh year. He'll be able to tell us better than that. But I, I got to know Coach. He was at Ashford um, as the head coach before Midland. We played them every year. Um, he and Nick Nelson had known each other from way back. So I got to know him. He's a great dude. He's doing a really good job at Midland. Um, and I'm uh, really excited to have him on. He and I have actually served on a couple different national committees together within the NAI. So we've got to know each other really well. And uh, you know, we're just excited to have him join us. So he'll, he'll, be, he'll be a fun time. All right, well, now we're going to jump into uh, our guest speaker and really excited uh, and for this week's guest here, uh, head men's basketball coach down at Midland University, Coach Oliver Drake. Coach, how are we doing? Appreciate you uh, taking the time to join us. Yeah, excited to be on here with you guys. So, Coach, That's an understatement. Out. You're, 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 in, you're, you're an elite company coming on the BC Buckets podcast. I, I, I already know. I already know. Hey, Coach Figuera, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, people know that listen to the show, Coach Wilbur, reoccurring guest. And then outside of Wilbs, Coach Drake, has he been the only other GPAC coach that we've had on the show? No, he's actually the third. Um, coach Wilbur's been on a couple times, and Coach Van Hafton from Dort's been on before. That's right. Yep. So, like I said, elite company. <laughs> Well, well, Coach, I wanted to jump in the season here. Uh, looking at you guys, 14-9 overall uh, right now, 5-8 and eight in the G-Pack. Uh, and for anyone who knows anything about the G-Pack, you kind of just take a look at just some of your guys' names in the roster this year, and it seems like some of those guys who are playing right now have kind of been – this is their eighth year. It kind of seems like in the program just because they've been playing from the get-go. I mean, you guys got Bowen Sanquist, Lawrence Merritt, just to name a couple of those guys. 
kind of talk about your season this year, your team that you got going on and how uh, those guys have kind of really propelled you and uh, the team chemistry that you guys got working on for you down there right now. Yeah, well, we really, you know, obviously we, we've hit a little bit of a rough patch here, but we, we love this group. We love uh, what we love most about this group is, as you mentioned, guys that have uh, withstood the test of time, you know, and, and this uh, kind of time we're living in where guys can jump ship and, and the grass is always greener in other places. We've really built our program around guys here over the long haul. Uh, certainly it's not always easy, as, as both of you know, to be in a college basketball program or to be involved in anything where standards are high and accountability is high. Uh, Lawrence Merritt and Bo and Sanquest and, and Manny Bryson and, and Tanner DeCock, our four seniors, have, have really – you know, been, been through some, some rough seasons and, and have stayed positive, have continued to work behind the scenes and, and have continued to do a lot of good things in the, what we call the dark. And, and that's uh, when, when the lights aren't on and the scoreboard's not on. And, and now this year, they're starting to get some, some payback on that. We've been preaching that for years to them. Um, and obviously, we've hit a little bit of rough patch here. But 14-9, and nine, I think uh, that's a tremendous improvement from where we've been and and, and all the credit goes to, to that senior group that we have uh, for being battle-tested and, and just continuing to stick with the process and continuing to uh, just do really hard things when it's really hard to do uh, when you're not getting results. And so, uh, they, they've done a great job this far. Well, and we talk on this show a lot about, about culture and things like that. So those four seniors that you just mentioned – what does it mean for you as a coach to kind of rely on them a little bit to, to tell the younger guys below them, like, hey, it might seem hard right now, but, I mean, how much easier is it for you to have guys like that who are experienced, who are veterans, who can kind of help build that culture and continue to move this thing in the right direction for you guys? Yeah, it's really important. And, and, and as we've told these four seniors, you know, they didn't have four seniors when they were freshmen to show them the way. So they've really learned this. Uh, on their own and, and they've had a tough job and, and uh, so it's, it's been really important I, I think we're right again you know whether the, what that amounts to at the end of the year win loss wise I, I don't care we're right again behind the scenes and it's because of those four guys um, and again it's because they've persevered they've uh, showed our younger guys the way and, and as you know as you guys know you know coaches coach team is only going to get you so far and I, th I, don't, I think a coaches coach team can certainly achieve at the level of their talent but I don't think you can over, ever overachieve until you're a players coach team. And I, and I truly feel like our guys are coaching each other uh, behind the scenes, you know, really protecting our culture in the locker room uh, on the weekends and road trips and all those types of things. And so even though we've hit a rough stretch, it doesn't feel like a rough stretch because we know what's happening in the dark and, and it's all been really, really good. Again, that's not, we've, we've had adversity. We're, we're not mistake free or anything like that, but, uh, those four guys have done a tremendous job of leading our young guys. And I think we won't know how much that's going to pay off until these young guys become juniors and seniors. And we're really going to see unbelievable leadership or the opportunity to have unbelievable leadership because they've been shown the right way. And Manny, Tanner, uh, Lawrence, and Bo, you know, quite honestly weren't, you know, and that's not a shot at anybody who was in our program at that time. It's just, we just weren't veteran uh, led team at that time. So, Really, really proud of those four. Uh, really proud to be their coach. And, and we really hope this last month of the season uh, they can continue to get paid back on all the investments they've made in the program. Coach, and, and you brought this up. And, I, you know, I think one of the, the neat things about our conference is I think there's a lot of really good kids throughout our conference. And, you know, 
you don't get to know opposing players that well other than, you know, you talk to them, maybe say what's up. I mean, we recruit a lot of the same kids, so you know some of these kids. But, uh, you know, one guy I'll pick out, and you know this, Bo Sanquish is one of my favorite players in the GPAC. I think he's a great kid. I think he's incredibly mature. Um, he and I always joke because I think he was right within earshot when I gave Jackson Lamb a pretty good uh, butt chewing on the floor a couple of years ago down at your place. But, uh, you know, I tell you what, that, that's what makes our league special is, is just there's so many good kids, and, and those guys obviously have done a great job in your program. And, you know, it's, you, I know you and I have talked to, you know, not on a podcast, but about just we can be happy for other people's success when you're in this business because it's hard. I mean, it's, it's hard to win games, especially in a good league like ours. And I think when you see people doing it that way and, and having good kids, it just, you know, it's easy to be happy for other people too. Yeah, I think you hit right on right on the head. One, I'd echo those same comments about Bo. I mean, he's just, he's just, uh, you know, he's, he's the best, you know, he's, he's been the best. Uh, he's, he's really gotten a lot better too. I remember if you remember what he looked like as a freshman to what he looks like now, like how he's changed his body, even his game, you know, like he, he's a guy that at the end of it all will be able to say, I maxed myself out. Like some guys get done with their careers and they're not maxed out or they let some areas of their game uh, continue to be weaknesses. And Bo has just, you know, always done those things. And it, uh, it's funny you bring up that story because uh, the way Bo tells that story about you getting after one of his guys, it's pretty funny. And, and I know, uh, you know, Bo, Bo and, and, and obviously our program respects the heck out of your program. And, and that's, I think that's good too. That's those are teachable moments when our guys are here and another coach getting after their guys like, Hey, hey we're not in this alone, you know, getting coached hard or being held accountable to high standards. And the other thing I want to echo is just, just winning's hard. And obviously you guys are making it look easy right now with, uh, you guys rolling, but what, what you're doing and what you're doing in this league is is pretty much unheard of, you know, rattling off as many as you have. And and, uh, um, and that's what I would venture to say. Your team is probably pretty player-led. You know, you find a way to win close games and, and uh, uh, it's such a fine line. And, and, and this league is, it's so, it's full of just high character players, uh, really good people. And, and it's really well coached. Like every time, you look down at the other bench, you're like, you know they have a good plan. You know they have a good system. You know what they're about. And you know it's going to take your best effort to even have a chance at, you know, a successful result. Uh, couldn't, couldn't agree with you more on, on all your takes there, Coach. It's, uh, it's a fun league. Yeah, and I wish, wish there was a few more easy ones, uh, but it is. You ain't lying. Yeah. Hey, and I'll, I'll say one more thing about Bo. You mentioned, you know, you look at how his body's changed. I swear, when he was a freshman, he was like 6'2", and I, I think now he's like 6'6". That dude's grown more. In, he's like David Robinson. You know, yeah, grow, he's grow, – Grow five inches when he gets to college. Yeah, he's definitely grown a couple inches, and I think that's kind of what led to potentially some of his knee issues that he had last year and stuff too. You know, I think he's – and I don't know that. I've said that just speculating but he, he definitely I think he's put on a couple inches since he's been here maybe two or three inches total mm -hmm. certainly put on a lot of uh, a good weight from being in the weight room too yeah so I was thinking uh getting ready for this I was thinking back to the last five games Briarcliff and Midland have played and just a quick recap here you guys beat us in overtime at our place back in December um last year I swear we played an identical game two times. You know, we were tied with like two minutes to go. Both times we ended up winning a close game, made a couple big shots. And then the year before was almost the exact opposite 
where you guys got us twice in what was, you know, kind of back and forth games. You guys made the plays late. So, I mean, you go back two and a half years now, we've had some, some pretty wild games. And that, that's not even bringing up the time. I think it was 58-54 at halftime. And you said something to me at halftime about how good the defense was. <laughs> yeah, I was. I think I patted you right on the backside. Said we played some good defense at half, didn't we? But honestly, just to like our two teams for whatever reason have just kind of, you know, we both kind of probably match up fairly well with each other over the last you know few years. Uh, we both shoot a lot of threes and, and have shot them at a pretty good clip. Um, and you're right. I mean, they have just been. I mean, every game's kind of like a coin toss, or it has been. Um, and mm-hmm. they, they've been some fun ones to be a part of. Obviously, um, you know, last year you guys got us twice, and I remember both those kind of coming down to the exact – they were almost identical games with what plays were made to win, what plays were not made, you know, um, mm-hmm. the scoring, the flow of the game. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's always uh, – you guys can stop cutting hard and stop having action and stuff like that so we can not have to harp on our guys all week about all the different things defensively we got to do to give ourselves even a chance on Wednesday. So tell them to slow down on their cuts. They don't need to – we don't need any false action. We don't need to move bodies at all. Just tell them to stand a little bit, would you? A little more isolation, a little more standing. Yeah, that 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 offensive iso, that, that's really been the key for us this year. <laughs> I think you should go to all isolations. Just have everybody else stand. No more. Well, cutting. I mean, I think that's only happened once in a in a Midland Briar Cliff game, and it was it was Midland isoing Jesse Jones to the tune of forty five points. Yeah, he he uh, he made us better coaches. <laughs> I mean, you, we were you know, and there's a prime example of a guy that just and you guys have had this how many times um, in your years at Briarcliff where your dudes have just taken over. And that was one of those nights where Jesse Jones, I think he ended with, what, 45, 15, and 8. And, I mean, yeah, it, it, was it, was, it was an unbelievable performance. If, if I think of, you know, this is my 11th year at Briarcliff, if I think of the most impressive individual performances to stand out, it's, it's Jesse Jones that game and Jackson Lamb when he had 54 against Mount Marty a couple of years ago. I mean, we're just complete and utter domination of the game. And, and that, that game down – that was at your place – in probably late January, yep. and it actually stopped an 18-game winning streak we were on. That We had a really good team that year. And I remember we were down a half, and Jesse Jones is just killing us. I think every guy on our roster had guarded him at some point to no <laughs> avail. And and so we're standing outside the locker room. I was still the assistant at the time, and Nick Nelson, he's drawn something up on the board, and I'm talking. He said, just hold on a second. And he's drawn something up, and he shows it to me, and it's this weird – like hybrid zone, man-to-man defensive thing. And he said, what do you think? I said, that's the one of the worst ideas you've ever had, but we might as well try it. <laughs> and, and spoiler alert, it didn't work the second half either. <laughs> well, you know, and you guys have had more crazy performances with the run of good guards that you have had. I remember preparing for you because we played you shortly after that Mount Marty game and watched that film and just like, you know, it was one of those ones where you just like, talking about crazy ideas, you're just talking, how do we slow this, you know, like, how do we slow a lamb up? Like, how do we take away this? And, and you guys do such a good job of putting your guys in space and putting them in positions where it's really hard to double or really hard to load up to it or, uh, you know, you got to kind of pick your poison. And, boy, you guys have had a run of really good players that put a lot of pressure on 
and our on our defense and, and just our game plan. So yeah, it's funny. We we come up with some ideas on paper that we think would be pretty good. And sometimes that's what it takes is somebody to tell you that's not a good idea. And uh, uh-huh. we we we've been on we've been on both sides of that. Well, Coach Drake, I kind of want to backtrack a little bit. Uh, you were talking about how just competitive top to down, um, especially this year compared to most years, it seems like the GPAC is. When you're out recruiting and when you're out talking to potential new uh, guys that come in, do you kind of use that as a tactic um, for you guys saying like, hey, I mean, day in and day out, I mean, every single night that you play, I mean, you're going to be going up against some some legit dudes. And the GPAC is one of the most well-known conferences in the country is that something that you guys use uh, as far as trying to like not only say to potential players, but also your team coming in now, like, Hey, we got a real opportunity every single night to, to make a statement. I mean, every single game could be a huge statement for us. You know, in recruiting, we don't, I mean, typically, and, and as you guys know, you know, recruits want to talk more about themselves and how they fit in and probably a little bit less. And I don't think recruits truly in their families, no matter how many GPAC games they've been to, unless they've had a brother or somebody like that, somebody really close to them play, I don't think they ever truly grasp the level that the GPACs played at night in and night out. I don't think – I think they – once they get in here as freshmen, I think that's why a lot of times, you know, to be a really good freshman in this league is pretty much unheard of. We've had a few as of late. But, I mean, I, I just think – uh you know, so we don't use it. To, obviously, we talk about the strength of our league and how good it is and, you know, the good places that we can play against, good programs. Um, but we don't use a ton in recruiting just to, like, talk about. We certainly don't talk about any other league schools, to be quite honest with you. We, we show what we have and, and how we see them fitting in. But uh, certainly it's a, it's a discussion with, with our team all the time, you know, to just, uh, you know, more so to, to give them inspiration of, and, and to give them hope and, and, and focus on how good we have to be in practice and how good we have to be in the dark uh, to have a chance when it becomes light, when the scoreboard gets turned on, lights get turned on. Like, so we use it way more for our current players. Um, again, though, we don't talk a lot about conference standings. We, don't talk, we, we really focus our deal on is just trying to get better incrementally every single day. Uh, we've probably talked a little bit more about winning this year. Maybe I've spent more time talking about wins a little bit more just because I want it so bad for these four seniors. Um, so I've, I've probably changed my focus a little bit. But, you know, our league is really, really good. Obviously, we, but in recruiting, we don't use our strength of our league that much. Uh, maybe we should. I don't know. But we, uh, but certainly with our current guys, that's – you know, our league is discussed 24-7 um, and, and, and more so to, to, to keep our guys with that mental focus and, and that edge and, and, uh, and, and really to get them to buy into doing certain things well because if you don't do those things well, it's so hard to win in this league, so hard to win in general, especially in this league. And then, two, if you have certain things I think you don't do well, you have no chance to win in this league. And, and uh, you know, it's, and even if you do those things well, you may not win. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really tough league and, and a fun one to be a part of. It's, it's something we'll, we'll talk about with recruits. You know, we encourage recruits to come watch games to person. And, and I would reiterate what, what Coach Drake said is, you know, most kids, even if they really get basketball, they, they probably watch a GPAC game and say, well, I could play there. And, 
this and that. And, and a lot of them can, obviously. Um, but we talk about it. But I would say, you know, we do some some similar things as Coach Drake talked about. We talk about a lot with our guys, how strong it is. And, you know, we're at a point where we have a pretty veteran team, a lot of juniors and seniors. They've been through it. They've had some struggles. They've had some successes. And I think you come to really respect everybody else. You know, one of the things we say to our guys, you know, I probably use it more often than I need to, but, you know, you get ready for a game and you'd say, hey, guys, this, this is why you come to Briarcliff. This is why you play in the G-Pack, playing games like tonight, playing games like Wednesday night down at Midland. You know, their students are back. I'm sure they're going to be rowdy. And, uh, you know, that you don't get that in every league. You know, I, I watch a, I try to watch other leagues and other teams throughout the country and, you see empty gyms and you don't get that in the G pack hardly ever, unless it's on some kind of break. And I just, I think it's, you know, and, and I'm, I'm an, I'm maybe a little bit of an outlier because for the last 20 years, since I graduated high school, I've been in the G pack all but two years. And so, you know, my, my level of respect for the league is so high. And, you know, Coach Drake said that the coaching's good, there's good players, and makes it really, really fun, makes it incredibly stressful as a coach. Um, but it, it does – I know for a fact that if you're a team that's fortunate enough to get to a national tournament setting, you will be prepared, you will be battle-tested, um, and you're not going to see a whole lot you haven't seen when it comes to in-game adversity um, – because you're going to have, have dealt with that so many times throughout the year that I think you can, you can get pretty good at, at handling that. And that's, that's the benefit of our league. Yeah, I totally agree with you. The other thing I'd, you know, how skilled our league is, you know, like some, you know, like when we play out of conference, we really notice that, you know, like, and again, this isn't meant as, as disrespect or anything like that. It's certain, it's just meant to, respect for our league is how skilled everybody is like you know it's so nice when you face a team where like okay we don't got to worry about this guy from the perimeter this guy I mean in our league typically 80 percent of the team's roster sometimes it's more than that is all like good three-point shooters like that are playing for them you know like there might be one five man and, and they're gonna the coaches in this league are so good they're never gonna have him in a place where you can pack off him or or extra help and so our league is so skilled. And so that's the other way we use it. I'm sure, you know, Mark, you probably use it this way too. It's just from a recruiting standpoint, more of like, we have to recruit to that. Like that's how we use our league is like, it shapes our recruiting of like, Hey, this guy won't work at the G pack because his skill set, unless he's really can, you know, bring something else to the table from athleticism or size or something like if you're not skilled it's really hard to recruit you here like if you're not skilled and when I mean skilled I mean like shooting put the ball in the basket like <laughs> you just can't play guys that can't score in this league for long periods of time because the coaching's too good and you have to score in this league no matter how good you are defensively kind of get back to your original question Bobby like I think that's probably how we use it more in recruiting is how we evaluate guys now because every league is so different. I've coached in, uh, a lot of different leagues at different levels. And that's really probably where, you know, as I thought about it more, and I don't know what you think about that, Mark, but that's kind of you know more of how we would use it in recruiting. Well, I, I agree 100% in the, in the skill level and the shooting. And I think I'll take it one step further even. 
there's obviously a, a ton of great shooters, but I think beyond that, a ton of great shooters that are incredibly smart players that know how to get open, know how to use screens. And, and I feel like this time of year, every Tuesday, Friday, we're going through scouting reports and there's always at least one guy that I'm saying, hey, you make a mistake, he's getting a wide open look. You make a mistake, he's going to score on you. And, and it's, it's the shooting, but it's, it's so high IQ and guys know how to play without the ball. Um, and that's, again, that it's not like that in every league. And, you know, it's a nightmare to prepare for. Um, and let's be honest, you, you're a little more of a, a defensive minded person than I am. So it probably bugs me, but, uh, man, it's, it's a nightmare. It is. And we've had to change And Mark, you and I've had conversations about this behind the scenes, you know, I've always been, it's in my DNA to be a defensive guy, but I've really had to uh, get better and, and be okay with just certain things defensively that maybe in another league or playing a different kind of schedule, you wouldn't have to be okay with because, I mean, like Hillbrands the other night, for example, we're playing Northwestern and our guy's doing a pretty good job of contesting, sacking to leave his feet, you know, taking him on screens. And we certainly blew some coverages. I mean, he is just hitting tough shot after tough shot after tough shot. At one point, one of the officials walks by or runs by, and I say to our guy, hey, that's a tough shot. He looks at me and goes, absolutely. You know, and, and he drills it. You know, so it's like at some point you have to look at what the league is, how you're going to recruit to it, also how you're going to adjust your system to it. And so we've had to make a lot of adjustments from a defensive standpoint. Well, I still think we're doing some good things defensively, but you got to get over your ego as a coach or what your identity is as a coach and say, what's going to be the best way to put our guys in position to have a chance for some successful outcomes. And I just don't know how you could be just a total defensive oriented coach in this league and think you're just going to hold people down and win games defensively in this league. Like it certainly is a huge part of it. And, but teams are going to score. Teams are going to shoot a pretty decent percentage even when you play good defense in this league. So on the flip side, you better be efficient. And I think, as Mark talked about, players are smart, coaches are smart, skilled. So you better be efficient offensively too. You better. So I've had to pay more attention to offensive efficiency numbers, you know, what's working, what's not working, and, and really have tried to tailor our system and our program a little bit more to those areas. Obviously, Mark and and when, when Nick was there too, obviously they've been doing that for years. I mean, their their offensive numbers are through the roof, but I, I think we're finally getting to a point where hopefully our offensive numbers and, and analytics and just different things like that, we're starting to get our program at the level that we needed to be at to just give ourselves a chance to night, night out. And Coach, I had a uh, kind of tie back up to my previous league question. So obviously before you got to Midland, had a really good career at Ashford. Kind of for the people who don't know, kind of walk us through how that transition worked from going to Ashford to Midland. How much have you heard about the GPAC before that transition and what really kind of said to you, like, yep, like Midland, yep, that can, that's home for me. I can make that my next step here. Yeah, well, we, we spent five years at Ashford. We had five uh, uh, consecutive 21 seasons. We made the national tournament three times. And, and, uh, when we started at Ashford, it was in the Midwest Collegiate Conference. So it was like, at the time, it was Grandview, William Penn, St. Ambrose, Iowa Westland, Waldorf, us, Viterbo. Um, I forget anybody there, Mark. Mount Mercy, Clark. Mount Mercy. Mount Mercy. So it was, a, it was a good conference. And then 
at the time, Ashford was for profit. We were owned by a, a company out in California and they voted, uh, the league presidents got together and voted us and Waldorf out because Waldorf is for profit as well. So then our last three years, we were in the AII or the independent association at the NAI level. Um, and and uh, after our fifth year there, we actually, you know, I think we're really, as any coach, as you're at a place longer, you kind of know what works, what doesn't work. You kind of get your program better and better each year. We were coming off a sweet 16 year uh, season and uh, found out that summer that they were going to close the Clinton campus um, and, and move all their you know, eggs into the online world. And, and they were already huge in online. So long story short, it was, it was August when I found that out, we were going to have one last season. Uh, it was August of, of 2015 or July, late July of 2015. And, and then Midland had opened kind of last minute too. So it's just kind of weird how things align. It wasn't like, yeah, it, it just was, it was a short process. They had a late coaching change. And, uh, and so now we're starting, you know, finishing our seventh year here. Uh, but obviously when we were at Ashford, we played Morningside, we played Briarcliff, we played Mount Marty. Um, trying to think if we played any other GPAC schools. Uh, but we played Briarcliff almost every year, didn't we, Mark? I mean, I thought well, yeah, we, we, we played we, you guys almost every year. We did. We, we kind of had a home and home alternating thing going uh, quick side note, I remember we played a game at Ashford. I think Forbes was like a sophomore. We both had pretty good teams. We were both national tournament teams. And a couple of things stood out. We were up 20 to 12 at halftime. <laughs> As we talk about defense, right? <laughs> it, was, it, it was 20 to 12. It was absolutely disgusting. And I remember after the game, we ended up winning. After the game, you and I and Nick were standing in the hallway talking before we were getting ready to leave. And I was actually to the point, I was impressed at how much you sweat during the game. <laughs> like, like for, for those listening, coach was wearing a gray suit. You'd have thought he jumped in the pool quick before he, before he came and talked to us after the game. And as a, a person who sweats a little bit during games, I just kind of appreciated that. Hey, but yeah. We, 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 we we're both in that same boat, you know, and what people, I mean, I run. A long ways every pregame. So I've already sweat for over an hour most most game days uh, on pretty long runs. And, uh, yeah, just, I just – I got the sweat gene. So – but I'll tell you, this new casual thing we're doing, this has helped a little bit. I do have some grays where my wife will come home and she'll be like, you need to wear darker colors. I look terrible. You were sweating <laughs> through everything. So yep. I, I get it from, uh, from about everybody. And, and 20 to 12, I forgot all about that. That was a football score. Yeah, it was disgusting. And then there was another time, I think it was my first year at Briar Cliff, which would have been the 11-12 season. And I didn't know you at all um, at the time. And Pick was your assistant, didn't know Pick. But, but you and Nick kind of go back from your Iowa conference days. And Nick was like, yeah, Ashford, you know, the defense, pack line, they're going to really get after us. And you guys came out and played a 2-3 zone. <laughs> and I, I can't give the verbatim quote on the podcast, but Nick basically said to me, what is he doing playing a 2-3 zone? And it, and it didn't work. Let me tell you, it didn't work. That was one of well, the few it, times. Well, we had, did, some, we had some guys was, out. Yeah. And I, I think we only brought eight guys on that trip. So, you know, again, one of those ideas where you think like on paper, hey, and I don't think you guys were shooting a good percentage up until that point. We, and we so weren't. We, we were was, playing back to back. Yeah, we were playing mm -hmm. back to back. You guys are more, and I just thought, you know, again, one of those ideas where coaches, you, 
you start to think you're smart or got something figured out and you find out real quick, you got nothing figured out. And it was one of those moments where like on paper, this thing, and you guys just, yeah, just like a typical GPAC fashion, move the ball, attack the zone. Like that's why nobody plays zone in this league. Right. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I think you guys, I think we helped uh, propel. I, I, we'll take credit. I think we get some of those assists for the rest of the year. Cause I think you lit stuff up pretty good the rest of the year. And I think we were the uh, springboard. We came out in a zone thinking I was, Pretty smart coach, and and uh, yeah, that did not work. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah. So I guess I'll say thank you. We had a good year that year. Yeah, yep. You you remember that come when I see you out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, hey, coach, we really appreciate you taking some time and joining us here. Uh, big game on Wednesday. Uh, Briarcliff's coming down to uh, two Fremont to play you guys. Uh, and then you guys got a nice little stretch here, tough stretch to end the season, but really appreciate you coming on. Uh, always been a good coach, just a, a stand up and classy guy. Every time I've had the chance to kind of cross and, and coach against you. So best of luck to you guys the rest of the way. And hopefully you guys are able to finish out strong here. Thank, thanks guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Hey, and one last thing, coach, don't take this the wrong way, but you know, every time we come to Midland, the highlight for me, is not sitting in your office and talking. It's actually getting to talk to Coach McGill. Don't take that the wrong way, but talking to Coach McGill at Midland is always the highlight every year. Well, it, and just to add to that, he, he's the best. I mean, there's there's yep. not many guys that, you know, you talk about class act and 30 years he served us here and is going on 40 years and different capacities here at Midland. So we're really fortunate to have him. So thanks for bringing him up. He, he's, the, he's the best. And I know he always looks forward to, to, to talking with you as well. All right, well, we'll see you Wednesday, Coach. Thanks a lot. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Coach. Yeah, I really appreciate Coach Drake joining us. They're always a good time talking to another coach in the GPAC uh, and getting all the good insight there from a really good coach, really good dude, and a guy that I know, Coach Figure, you've got a lot of respect for. So appreciate him, him joining us here. Well, now one of my favorite segments, and uh, I know for a lot of viewers as well, it's we're going to roll right into the life rules. And I know, Coach, before we started uh, talking here on the podcast, you had mentioned maybe some some hints or details, but what do we have this week on the agenda for Coach Figueroa's life rules? All right, Bobby. So this, this week's life rule um, is, frankly, like a lot of them, it's a common sense thing. But uh, you got to be careful in life about making bold proclamations or, or bold challenges to other people without being pretty sure that you're right or you're going to win. Um, and, and why I say that is a couple months ago, I started doing this, uh, this shooting workout. I do it a couple times a week. It's 20 minutes. Get your own rebound. Make as many threes as you can. I got the idea from Coach Gabriel, who's the head coach of Bellevue. Their staff does it with some of their players. So I've been doing it. Um, I'm not trying to brag. I've been shooting the ball really well. And a week or so ago, I I challenged basically our whole team to come in and shoot against me in this drill. And so I'm not going to throw people under the bus. Quentin Vasa and Sammy Green took some losses um, to me. But uh, on Friday, Jaden Klein-Hesslink and I played, and I actually broke my personal best score, and Jaden beat me by 16. I mean, he was impressive. He was a machine. You know, it's a good workout. 20 minutes, 
getting your own rebound. You, you could chase it all over the gym if you're not making shots. And he got at least 10% more shots up because he's just younger, faster, more athletic, better shape than me. But uh, he whooped me. And so next time I'm going to be a little more careful about how I word my challenges uh, to our team. Yeah, I can just, as you were saying that, I can visually see that going on in my head. And yeah, I can just, just knowing all the work and time that Jaden puts in uh, doesn't surprise me at all. So, well, that's going to roll us right uh, into the next part here uh, and the shout out side of the podcast here this week. And coach, you can go ahead and kick us off uh, with your shout out here for this week. Yeah, I got a retroactive shout out and I'm kicking myself. My wife reminded me that it should have been last week's. Um, but I got to give a shout out to Nick Hoyt's grandparents. Um, we played at Jamestown, you know, almost two weeks ago now. His grandparents live in Dickinson, North Dakota, which is about a three-hour drive from, from Jamestown. I coached in Dickinson for two years. My wife and I lived there for two years. And at one point in the past, I mentioned to his grandparents that I loved JD's Barbecue in Dickinson. It's, it's a great local barbecue place. And they brought me a full cooler full of JD's barbecue. So my wife and I got a couple meals out of it. So awesome, awesome thing for them to do. Um, and so shout out a week late here, better late than never though. Well, Hey, not only do you get the big victory with the boys up in Jamestown, but you get to celebrate with a little JD's barbecue. I mean, coach, it doesn't get any better than that. That, that, that that's what you call a double win, Bobby. My, my shout out this week is actually going to go uh, to a friend of mine, uh, fellow GPAC uh, uh, basketball player still, Colin Oppold, uh, senior at Dakota Wesson this year, yesterday in the game at Doan, uh, surpassed and eclipsed the thousand point mark. So uh, really good dude. I uh, had the privilege of coaching it for two years. Um, solid guy on the floor, but even better guy off the floor with a lot of the, the charity stuff he does and just how hard he puts in the time to be uh, a student athlete and all of his stuff. So I uh, want to give a shout out to, to Colin Oppold surpassing thousand points, really uh, happy for him. So, well, that's going to do it for this week's podcast and this week's episode here. Coach, really appreciate the time. And like I said, this Wednesday going to Fremont playing Midland women's game will tip off at six men's game at seven forty-five. If you can't get the chance to get down there, make sure you tune it in on the live stream and watch both teams uh, battle down there against a couple of really good Midland teams and then Saturday back at home in the Flanagan Center against Dakota Wesley in a women's game will be at 2 o'clock men's game at 345. So once again, Saturday at the Newman Flanagan Center, make sure you get there. Uh, student section, Blue Crew, I know is going to be loud, going to be rocking. So, Coach, two tough games this week. Take it one game at a time. Best of luck to you and the boys. I'm looking forward to talking here next Sunday. Hey, thanks, Bobby. Bobby.